Welcome back. We are glad you are with us. We're about 15 minutes away. Mike Clement's going to be joining us. Final hour of the program. Final hour this week. And uh, then we uh, head out to uh, head out to Las Vegas, and we're looking forward to that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Dave says, uh, after listening to Brian Goodkins yesterday, I have a lot of confidence in this team. I'm just wondering about the new hire as the defensive coordinator. Is he going to have enough experience and enough chops to be able to run a big-time defense? Uh, Dave, I hope. I hope. I look. I, I think that's the question we all have. I'm there. There's nothing new here, you know. Uh, nothing like that. I just. I. I think that uh, they're taking a shot, and you hope that it pans out. I mean, that's all we can do. Um, I know that I was looking at some of the, some of the more likely candidates that are still out there. A guy like Ron Rivera. It's kind. Of, isn't it kind of interesting, Grant, that Ron Rivera has not got more run? You know what I mean. Yeah, but you could say that about a lot of guys. I think that's the the reality we always forget about in these hiring cycles is we always assume that yeah. certain guys will have a job and then they usually don't right away at least. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that uh, I thought Ron Rivera. Now the discussion about Bill Belichick, I understand. It's I was. Were you excited to see Bill Belichick go in a different direction? I guess it doesn't really matter. I think the Patriots are a brutal watch no matter who's coaching them. So, I mean, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have any good players Well, no, on but weren't you, were you looking forward to seeing Bill Belichick maybe be the next coach of either Dallas or Washington or, or one of these other teams? Like, you know, I, I'm not – look, we all kind of figured Harbaugh was going to go – it was either going to be Harbaugh or Belichick going to the Chargers because they need to sell tickets and they need a lot of optimism and hope out there because they're the bastard stepchild inside that SoFi Stadium. But – didn't you think that that Bill Belichick would have ended up somewhere? And I was excited to see if Belichick ended up somewhere else, if he's going to be able to win there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been fun to watch. I'm not someone that needs to see Belichick go prove it somewhere else. Like I, I know he's a good coach. There's, there's no, right. There's no, I don't know. There's no unknown. Right. I've seen a lot of people. He needs to prove it without Brady. No, I, I don't. No, he's fine. No. He's won, no, what, that's like saying Lombardi needed to tr- prove it without Star. Yeah, you know what I mean. Same thing. Did did Lombardi win a championship anywhere else but with the Packers? And I I should know this, and it's terrible that I don't. But did did he? Do you know? I definitely don't know this. Uh, I I will look it up just to have some frame of reference. But yeah, I'll look it I, up. I I I want to say he didn't, but I don't know for sure. I I I couldn't honestly tell you. So I don't want to say something and then trip over my own my own self ignorance. But I don't think he did. I don't think I, I don't think. Vince Lombardi um, went anywhere else, and you know, after his time with the Packers or prior to his time with the Packers, and won championships. I think his championships, his legacy, um, is in Green Bay. So, to me, it's the equivalent. Do you diminish what Lombardi did because Bart Starr was that good, or those teams were that good? No, of course not. So, I would not diminish Bill Belichick and what he did. Prior to or after, because he was winning with um, before Brady uh, and God, his name escapes me off the top of my head. Um, but he uh, Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe, so he was winning with Bledsoe, and they were on their way deep into the postseason. You know, before Brady had to take over because of Bledsoe and the injury. So I I think Belichick was on his way to building teams and winning with teams. The problem with with Bill Belichick versus Vince Lombardi, Vince Lombardi came when he went to the Redskins, then were the Redskins, now the Commanders. When he went to the Redskins, 
he had the reputation, but he was coming to the end, and we all knew that. Um, but with Bill Belichick, he's also he's kind of coming to the end. But Belichick is bringing all the baggage as well. All the baggage. He wants. It's not just about being the general manager and, and picking the talent. He wants staff. He wants. He wanted to bring staff from New England, secretaries, you know, film room guys. I mean, everything. So when they and that was the rumor. I was reading some stuff from D. Orlando Ledbetter that Belichick, uh, with the Atlanta Journal Constitution, that Belichick wanted to blow out like thirty people right now in the organization, like thirty guys, thirty women. Whatever they were going to lose their jobs, and in favor of Bill Belichick's people, and it's not just coaches, and they weren't. They were like, no, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, you know, so, uh, and and I going back to the to you know Coach Lombardi. Coach Lombardi went to Washington. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Coach Lombardi. I mean, he was sick. He got sick right after that, and then cancer got him. So I don't even think he had a career really, if you want to call it that, prior or after. His uh, coaching stint in Green Bay. I think he left Green Bay, went to Washington, got sick, and then that was pretty much it, unfortunately. So it's a little bit different scenario, obviously. But I just I think Bill is is still a quality coach, and Bill Belichick was not going to swallow his pride and just be a coach, which I think is also probably what led to his his sayonara from New England. And again, I said this with with Belichick as much as I wanted to see him coach somewhere else. Uh, and I'm if he never could, then we will always remember Bill Belichick as the head coach of the New England Patriots, and forget about that goofy time that he had when he was wearing that giant pumpkin sweater uh, with Nick Saban and the guys uh, over in Cleveland. It, it just it, <laughs> that was just a kind of a weak memory, right? Same thing with Lombardi going to Washington, but Belichick, I I wanted to see if he could get this record, but nobody's going to take a chance on a guy that's 71 years old, wants all of his own people. You know he's only building for the next two or three years, and then it's out. And then you've got to start everything all over again in a three-year period of time because he's not going to coach past 75. He gets that record, hits 75 years old, he's done. And I think he's his own worst enemy. Had he just wanted to be the coach somewhere, I think he's the coach somewhere. If coaching is just, if it's just about coaching, but it's not. It's about ego and reputation with Bill and I guess if I'm him, why would I settle for anything less? I've made tons of money. I've won a ton of championships. I've got a great reputation. For Bill, it was the personal of I want to I want to surpass Don Shula because he's so close to that record. Uh, 877-867-1670, Yeah, Scott says uh, that Lombardi. Yeah, he said he coached one more season, and then he ended up passing away before the second season of Washington. So there you go. I, you know, people, it was the same with Brady. It's like, well, I, I need to see you win it. Without Belichick, I need to see you win one without Brady. Right. Nobody wins a championship by themselves. That's not how right. it works, right? And Brady so, wasn't going to win it without Gronk. Yeah, Gronk was there. Antonio Brown. That defense right. was. Go back and watch highlights of that Super Bowl against Mahomes and what right. the defense did. So no one wins championships alone. So the yeah. sooner we start realizing that, the the quicker we can move past the. Well, he's got to go somewhere right. else and do it or do it with somebody. Nah, it's fine. Belichick's legacy is fine for me. Scott brings up a good point. He says, uh, Belichick, do you think he could wind up in KC if Andy Reid retires after the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, you already have everything in place down there. Soren Petro told us on Monday. Reed's going to do this as long as he can do it. I don't right. think Andy Reed's stopping anytime soon. Yeah, I think Andy Reed. I, I if I'm Andy Reed, I've got a few more seasons left in me for sure. But 
if Andy Reid can still walk the sidelines, I think he's going to do it. But what if Andy Reid wins again? That'll be, what, his third Super Bowl in five years? And the, what was that, the fifth that he's appeared in? Man, imagine that. Imagine that. Holy mackerel. You talk about a run. Um, but no, I don't think Bill Belichick would do that. You know what could make sense is for Belichick sitting out one year and for the little bit of salvo that that Jerry Jones threw over the bow when he was at the meetings, uh, or not the meetings, the uh, senior bowl practices, when he said, yeah, he could work with Bill Belichick. Let's just say again this year Dallas goes 12 wins and they're a quick exit in the postseason. I could see Jerry firing Mike and bringing in Belichick for two or three years. I could see him doing that. Absolutely. Because maybe he's just thinking, look, we got the team. We got the team. Throw him, throw him in there. Get Bill Belichick for a couple of years. Get a championship. And then everybody rides off into the sunset. Yeah. I could see that. That's a good That's a good point. The other question is, is with Dak, and I mentioned this yesterday, I don't think I ever really got to it. You got Micah Parsons criticizing him. You got other players uh, and their family members that have, and players inside the locker room haven't criticized Dak, but they haven't necessarily come to his defense either. But, and the whole argument is, is, well, Dak should take his ball and go home. And he, you know, he's got the power. He's got the leverage. He should demand a trade and get out of there. Here's the, here's the thing. They're not wrong. Dak is a terrific regular season quarterback. If you look at his numbers in the postseason, he's a couple of wins better than Kirk Cousins. I mean, think about that for a minute. He's only got a couple wins more than Kirk Cousins, who has one win in the postseason. I think Dak has three. That's it. And Dak is not good in the postseason. So Dak can take his ball and go anywhere he wants to go, but everybody now looks at Dak and says, your numbers aren't good in the postseason. You seem to have that inexplicable pick in the middle of a game at any point in time. You choke. And until you get to a, uh, a Super Bowl to prove that you can get through an NFC championship run, it's always going to be Dak is a great regular season quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a great regular season quarterback. Doesn't win in the postseason. Same thing, you know? And I don't think that's very, I don't think that's very far fetched. I think that's, so for everything that they're saying in Dallas that uh, the family members are starting to leak out, it, I'm sure it's stuff that's been said behind closed doors. So yeah, if you, you look at Dak Prescott, yeah, you can take your ball and go home and you can demand a trade and take your $50 million and not negotiate and all that kind of stuff. That's great. But you're, nobody's wrong. Nobody's wrong. And if you're going to demand this $59 million this year, then all you're doing is looking to make the money and you're not looking to win games because you're not. You're not going to. You're not going to get that extra player or two that's going to help you out and put you over the top to get you deeper into the postseason. If anything, you're going to have to cut some people because they have to make room for that ginormous salary. So you, they, you know the contract extension is coming. But much like Rodgers, I don't, I don't ever begrudge a player for getting the most they possibly can. But once you've got gotten the big deal, and you've got now generational money. I mean, I'm talking two and three generations of your family are set for life. Once you have that, why in the world do you need to be the highest paid player again? You haven't won anything. You haven't gotten to a Super Bowl. Hell, for the most part, you haven't gotten to an NFC championship game. 
and you got, what, two, three more wins in the postseason to Kirk Cousins, but you deserve all the money. You're not, you, you don't have any rings to show for it. So if I'm those family members, if I'm players in that locker room thinking about that, I'm like, yeah, Dak, why would you take all the money? And Jerry, why would you pay him? Why, why would Jerry Jones pay him that amount of money? And it, why don't you say, nah, forget it. Forget it. Not doing it. We'll start over. We'll find a different quarterback. Because Dak's not the guy. And until he proves he can, he can't. Just like Lamar Jackson, same thing. Everybody talked about Lamar needing that game, needing to get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Lamar, same thing. Now, Lamar didn't play a terrible game, but he threw two inexplicable picks in the red zone, in the end zone. Same thing. Need to get past those humps. And he just got paid. He just got paid big time. And they they didn't pay him to do that. That's for damn sure. Uh, Let's do this. Mike Clemens is going to join us coming up next. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Stay right where you're at. More to build my... Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, Wayne, shopping for a new door? I sure am. This fiberglass door is really strong. We love ours. Do you need something more dependable? Yes, something that's durable, dent-resistant, knows how to take a hit and is going to last for years. We're still talking about the door, right? Uh, oh, yeah, right. Of course. Wayne Larrabee and Jeff Levering shopping together at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin? What could happen next? How about 0% interest for up to three years? Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months? I'm Gina Della from Pella. This incredible offer from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin is only available until February 29th. So hurry! We offer a wide range of window and door styles to perfectly match your home's unique design. Start customizing today with 0% interest for up to three years. Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months. Only at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details on lots 229. I grew up in Connecticut, and then I played uh, my high school ball in Massachusetts, and I played, obviously, at Boston College for three years. And so I'm used to the cold. I'm used to uh, the rough, tough uh, people that we got up in this area. And, you know, I'm used to uh, just, I can, you know, grind it out in the cold weather, the rain, the sleet, the hail. So, uh, you know, I, I uh, it's kind of like home in a way. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels show. We continue on and uh, joining us now on the hotline, our guy, Mike Clemens, uh, here with us. And uh, Mike, um, you know, obviously a lot of excitement for the new defensive coordinator and the what he may or may not be able to do. But uh, but boy, uh, it's at least an exciting time. He's not Joe Barry. I mean, a lot of people just want to see Joe Barry out the door. So uh, so now we wait and see uh, what he can do, you know. Yeah, and the, the topic here, the category here on Jeopardy is uh, Boston College and Green Bay, uh, connections <laughs> between there. Because when you start digging and saying, well, why did this guy go here, and what was his background, and, and all that. First of all, there's A.J. Dillon uh, coming out of the break, uh, a great product, uh, Quadzilla out of Boston College, second-round pick for the Packers. And so this is my, this is my life, right? It's like uh, I haven't really thought much about Boston. I happen to be watching a Boston College game because Jeff Jagosinski, a guy, guy, a guy I covered here in Green Bay, was mm-hmm. now the head coach. And like, man, that quarterback looks really good. Well, his name was Matt Ryan, right? Uh, right. And and now, 
you know, because of the kind of the extended season or whatever, I'm I'm in the room here in Green Bay. I'm on my way over to go to cover practice or so, and I uh, uh, I the TV's on, and it, it's that last week between Christmas and New Year's, and there's constantly bowl games, and I'm looking at the same one. Okay, what the hell is this one? The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Oh yeah, I've heard they play they play a bowl game in Fenway Park where the Red Sox are. Who is it? It's Boston College and SMU, and the game is wrapping up, and they're they're all excited that the home team, Boston College, with your new defensive coordinator, was the head coach. They beat the SMU Mustangs, and I, I made it. Oh, they beat them twenty three fourteen. Oh, how about that? So then practice ends, and AJ Dillon is walking by. I said, "Hey, breaking news for you." I said, "At the Wasabi Fenway Bowl." Boston College goes, yeah, I know, 23-14. Like, how'd you know that? He goes, I looked it up on my phone coming back from practice, you know, before he even hit the showers. <laughs> right. Like, well, that's cool. Like, oh, yeah, no, man, I follow my Eagles. Yeah, I follow my Eagles. Okay, all right, okay, good, cool. There you go. Cool. So just these little connections like that. Right. And then, you know, I always think about Jags because in 2006, you had an exciting period there where Mike Sherman had been let go and Mike McCarthy comes in. And he's trying to save Brett Favre's career after a horrible 2005 where they were like four and twelve, and so he had one of the things he had gone was was uh, um, uh, Green, you know, uh, running at Amon Green right running green, back. Yeah. So McCarthy says, "All right, this is my first head coaching job. I'll take care of the passing game and Brett Favre, and we got to get a, a, a running game going. And I really like this zone run offense." It comes from Mike Shanahan, Denver. Alex Grimm was a coach uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. And this Jeff Jagosinski guy was an offensive. He'd learned that zone, that Denver zone running scheme, under this Alex Grimm guy who'd gone from Denver over to the Atlanta Falcons. So Jags comes to Green Bay. He runs that. It took him about half the season before they popped one for 75 yards down in Miami against the Dolphins. Now, Jagosinski, he grows up in West Dallas, he plays uh, and coaches running backs at the UW Whitewater, and you know within a, a, he had a cup of coffee with the, the Packers as the tight end coach with the Falcons and all. And now after that first successful year, of turning the Packers around eight and eight, he gets a head coaching job in Boston College because this guy wants to be on the. He told me I'm going to be an NFL coach in five years. Okay, Jags. He, Jags was crazy. He'd run up and down the hallway, very enthusiastic. Uh, but it's like, uh, you might just want to stay here with Mac and, and stay in Green Bay. He goes to Boston College, and guess who he inherits? Matt Ryan and a mm. great lineup. So yeah. he looks like gold for the next two years. Matt Ryan leaves Boston College, gets drafted by the Falcons, and who's his quarterback coach? Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Gotcha. So he's working with this guy from Boston College, right? And meanwhile, Jags, he goes... He drives it right off the, the deep end, man. He, in two years at Boston College, he thought he was such hot blank, you know, right? that he, he uh, the New York Jets have got an open job. And Boston College says, whoa, wait a minute, you're under a five-year contract. You will not go talk to the Jets. Your contract says you're staying right here, pal. He ignores it, and he goes up there and interviews, and he thinks he's getting his job. They hire Rex Ryan the next day, oh. and he comes back to Boston College. They fire him the next day. <laughs> and he, he never had I mean he was with the Buccaneers and a couple other teams you know right. uh, he was last time I saw he was with Ave Maria College as a receivers coach in Florida 
Notre Dame High School in Tennessee, and the Renegades, some USFL team or something. I mean, just never heard from wow. again. Just gone. So, so the question is, did you just hire the next Jags, or did you hire a guy that's you know on the right path? Sure. So, so you know this this new defensive coordinator who's leaving Boston College in part because of the NIL stuff and the transfer portal is driving these coaches in college nuts. And a lot of them, according to the New York Post this morning, are saying they're getting out of college, but they went back into the NFL. This is not what you know they signed up for. Right. And so he gets this job. Now, he just did this interview about three or four weeks ago where he his path sounds exactly like Matt LaFleur and – Robert Sala from the Jets, those two guys when they got into the Texans as these as these quality control guys, these GAs they call them that you know get paid minimum wage, but just to get on the field with an NFL team. And it turns out that Dave Wanstad, the former Bears and Dolphins coach, gave him a break at Pitt. This is his story. You know, I had a chance to be a graduate assistant at Pitt. And I think it was 2006, Paul Rhodes was the coordinator. He's now on our staff. Yeah. It was cool. I got to hire him back. He's yeah. probably one of my biggest mentors. He hired me to be a GA, and uh, we had a pretty good player there named Darrell Revis. So <laughs> I thought I really knew how to coach corners. <laughs> yeah. Just turns out he was really was good. Revis. I found out I had a lot of work to do when he left. Yeah. But Paul left and went to Auburn as a defensive coordinator, Coach Wanstead, who – is in my opinion one of the greatest human beings and greatest coaches I've ever been around. At like 24 years old, he hired me to be the DB coach. Mm. You want to talk about a break? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he took a chance on me, who was a young GA sleeping in my office and mm. just trying to do everything he could. He called me in and said, "Hey, we're going to hire you to coach DBs." And I remember calling home, and you know, I was sleeping under my desk, like eating peanut butter out of a jar because you couldn't, <laughs> you know, you couldn't afford yeah. anything as a GA. And all of a sudden, you're calling your mom and dad and saying, "Thanks for all your help," and I, I got it. You know, yeah. like that's. Like, so that was like my first, like, that's my real break or else, and I'm fine. I'm coaching division three football thinking life is great, but that kind of propelled me. And then I got a chance to go to the NFL and stayed in the NFL and hooked on with some really good coaches. Um, Ryan day, one of them, we worked together for one year in San Francisco. And then he called me up out of the blue. I'm sitting eating hamburger with my wife and kids. And he said, I got the Ohio state job. I was like, yeah, all right. Sure. You did. It's like, no, I'm serious. I was like, dude, you just, you just got there. You're urban. Yeah. Said, what are you doing? He's like, no, I'm going to be the head coach. I was like, all right, whatever. He's like, I want you to come with me. I was like, I'm not coming. Um, but then he gave me a break, right? Yeah. I hadn't coordinated before. Gave me a chance to do that. And, and then good players. Yeah. Like I'd be crazy to tell you that I went to Ohio state and, you know, we took over a defense that wasn't very good, and I just magically – I mean, I've been around good players. I mean, yeah. I coached Revis and Rondé Barber, who were two Hall of Famers. Rondé yeah. taught me as much about the nickel position as yeah. any coach. And um, and then I, yeah, you get Chase Young and Jeff Akut, and you get great players, and you coach them yeah. up and you teach them. And, but I've gotten breaks from coaches. I've gotten breaks by coaching great players. I got the opportunity to coach Richard Sherman and mm-hmm. learn more from how to play zone coverage from that guy and just listening to him than I did from any coach. Man, what a what a story. You know, I just to, you talk about a guy that, one, is a gym rat and like an X's and O's guy living in the office, and two, it just sounds passionate and understands the rungs of the ladder. You know what I mean? Bill, I've been digging up, you know, interviews press conferences, trying to watch some of their games from Boston College. Matt LaFleur has hired his clone. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Really, good I mean, way to put really. 
Yeah. 44 years old, wife, two kids, uh, and, and style of coaching as well. I mean, those words that you just heard, this is what this guy is saying in the job interviews, okay? And, and he's worked for Robert Salah. That's Matt LaFleur's best man, his best friend, the head coach of the Jets now when they were with the 49ers. You know, Mike McDaniel, now head coach of the Dolphins. These guys all know this guy from Boston College, head coach. Oh, Adam Stenovich was an assistant offensive line coach with the 49ers. Now Matt LaFleur's offensive coordinator. They know this guy. They know this guy. So even though LaFleur may not be one-on-one of them, he's got so much information on this guy before he even picks up the phone and calls him and says, hey, right. would you be interested in the defensive coordinator job in Green Bay? What is Jeff Halfley's style then as a, pretty much a secondary coach, You know, like, like dealing with a, a kid when he starts out taking over the program at Boston College? Oh, that's a great question. Um, obviously, schemes are big, yeah. right? I felt the biggest thing for me was at the time talking to the players, I wanted to bring some confidence to them yeah. and I wanted them to enjoy the game. Yeah. And I think everywhere that I've been, it's a game. You got to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You got to enjoy practice. Yeah. You got to play with confidence. I don't want guys playing scared. I didn't want them playing tentative because they were afraid to make mistakes. I didn't yeah. want coaches just like what always bothered me was, you know, a DB gets beat on a goal ball and you start yelling and screaming at him. Go, yeah. go coach him. Tell him yeah. why. Ask him what he saw. Yeah. Ask him about his first step. Yeah. Ask him what he did at the top of the route, what the split was, and then tell him what he should do better. Because even when I got to Ohio State, I tried to instill that mentality right away where don't be afraid to make mistakes. That's why you practice. Yeah. Go as hard as you can within the coaching. And if you make a mistake, we'll fix it. That's what practice is for. Because yeah. when you get to a game, you got to be fearless and you can't be scared of anything. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing I wanted to make sure I, cause young kids struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I remember Ohio state with Jordan Fuller, who's now the captain of the Rams. One of the first spring ball practices, he got beat on a post. He was our middle safety and bit up on a play action pass. And he kind of looked at me and started staring at me cause I was standing back yeah. there. And he thought I was gonna, I found this later out. He thought I was going to just start ripping them. And I said to him, I said, Hey, what'd you see? It's like, I saw this. It's like, oh, don't put your eyes there. Put your eyes here. You won't see that again, right? You got to protect the post. And I hit him on the back of the helmet. At the end of the year, he told me that was like, he's never felt so relieved and gained confidence. And it was like, and we still joke about that. But that was the biggest thing that I wanted these guys to feel for me early on. That's that's insightful, Mike. Um, When you talk about a guy that gets it, and instead of like screaming at a guy, he just wants to teach you. And, and, you know, I, I don't know just from what we understand or have learned or have heard from and about Joe Barry, I, you, that this guy's different in a you lot of different ways. About, yeah, you know, the other thing about this, though, this is the style of coach. This is the kind of coach the Green Bay Packers want. This is, mm-hmm. what, they, this is what they went out and got, you know, with Matt LaFleur uh, coming up on, you know, five years ago. And this is the kind of guy that they want representing, you know, the organization. So Matt, right. first of all, looking for a guy that can fix his defense and do a better job at in-game adjustments. And then secondly, you know, he's kind of kind of answer up to the front office to say, you know, there's an image thing here. And, you know, we want good people that are coming through here uh, and fit just a certain more professional, more open, good at communication with every, not, not just, you know, his, his coaches or his players, but everything else. Here's the big question, though. Is this guy going to be able to control a Jair Alexander so right. that he doesn't get himself right into suspension? Did, was Joe Barry guilty of that and not being a, more of a disciplinarian or making a connection 
with a, a, a team leader like a Jair Alexander. That's that's the word, that Mike. I, I, that's the word, I think, is that it's not necessarily disciplinarian. It's, it's connection. Yeah. In the meantime, I know that Joe's had a couple of interviews. He had one with the Bears, I think one with the Eagles. He'll probably get hired as a linebacker coach. But Joe is still answering this question for those of us in the media. You know, we refer to that as yak, yards after catch. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Coach. We, we consider that yak as watching it at times and wanting to throw up, but that's just me. Let's do this. We're going to step out and take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got a whole lot more with Mike Clemens. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Do you love winning? This February, head to Pottawatomie Casino Hotel, Milwaukee, and fall head over heels with the Love It or Leave It $400,000 game show. Thursday nights, you could play the Love It or Leave It game show, where you can love your prize or leave it for another. Play with your club card to earn drawing entries. Top prize is ten grand in cash. It's time for Love It or Leave It, only at Pottawatomie. Learn more at PaceBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you are with us. We are live. We're in the uh, the media center, Mandalay Bay Convention Center, but here in the media center, and uh, the NFL experience gets underway on Wednesday, and that's when you're going to start having fans and such walking around in the backgrounds and such, and uh, they're all going to be going to be here and just. Uh, I know uh, for those that have been watching on the live stream, you've kind of been looking around to see, you know, see how things have filled in a little bit. And you can tell it's a lot more crowded now than it was even earlier today as you look off into the distance at, uh, you know, just some of the different. Every one of those tables, by the way, represents a radio station and or a podcaster. And that's just a quarter of what it is you actually see. So it's just, uh, it, it's amazing how many people are actually here. And this is a pretty, pretty big area that we're in i think this is bigger than even when uh, i think one of the biggest convention centers we were ever in was probably houston and this is bigger than houston so mike clemens joining me here uh, at the table and uh, good to see chris visser and chris visser i know had some health issues and, and he's back so yeah. it's good it, and for those that don't know i mean that's a behind the scenes thing chris visser was is he's kind of a talent broker he brings people around he promotes products and such but every player every client he has is a spokesperson for something and the clients call him and say, hey, I need you to need to hook me up. If I've got a company that sells widgets, can give me your best representative for widgets. And he'll bring in former players or whatever. And uh, he brings in a lot of these guys, and uh, he does a great job. But, uh, and those guys go out to dinner you yeah. know, because there's people that you know pay big bucks that want to be sponsors yep. and all that and get to say, hey, I, you know, I got to go to a Super Bowl, and I got to have Joe Theismann at our, at our dinner exactly. as well. So, yeah, that's exactly. all good stuff. So, uh, so yeah, he uh, good to see him back because I know he had some health issues and he still isn't feeling great. But he said 
somebody really asked him to come back, and so he said he'd do it in another year. So good to see him back. Right, and that's why you know we come here because we can connect with former players, guys that I've covered. Right, right, and maybe they've been out of the league five or ten years, and now they just come back to see their old friends. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they don't come uh, like on Wednesdays or Thursday. Come a little earlier in the week, right? Because today they could get as many interviews on, get their yeah. word out for their sponsors and that kind of thing. Uh, but I think a lot of me, some of me, still have to pay for their own rooms and everything. <laughs> and if that's uh, you know three hundred bucks a night, you know yeah. that, that kind of cuts into to the, their business trip. But whatever, uh, this is the NFL convention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's a game coming up on Sunday, but yeah. this is the convention right. where uh, coaches and players. I mean, hell, Matt Lafleur came to that one that we went to in Los Angeles. Everything shut down for Tampa Bay when Tom Brady won a Buccaneers right. in a semi-empty stadium, and and there was none of this because we're in, in, right in the middle of COVID. Right. But the next year it was kind of the comeback year, and you and I, you know, said let's let's go there. And it took a while to sort of rebuild, but now this year it's just crazy. Yeah. Because everybody wants to come to this thing in Vegas. Yep. But but it, Matt Lafleur went to that Super Bowl to do what? Meet with Tom Clements. Yeah. Who, by the way, now uh, did you see this? Uh, Sean Mannion, yeah. who's a quarterback for the Rams and also for the Vikings, Matt is hired as an uh, offensive assistant coach. Yeah, he's uh, going to work with the quarterbacks with Tom Clements. Yeah, now Clements is going to come back. He's going to turn seventy-one this year, yeah. but he's apparently agreed. But there's there's you know uh, there's a shakeup going on in Green Bay. It's more than I actually thought. But you know they're bringing in a new defensive coordinator, and the word that they told that coaching staff was, "You're free to interview." Yeah. Which is pretty much like it's 50-50. As to whether or not they want to bring you back. The new guy wants you to come back, yeah. Right. So right away, you would ask me, right after, if we were thought that maybe Joe Barry might get fired, he did get fired, and people were making out their list, anybody internally, and I said, no, not really, except, except Jerry Montgomery, the defensive line coach. He's been there since 2015, mm-hmm. you know, it's, since the uh, McCarthy era. And I... I we did an interview with him uh, around November where we just talked about some of the strategy things, the way he sees running games, uh, using the play clocks, uh, all kinds of things like that. Yeah. And it's like you just say, oh, man, this guy's got it. you know. Yeah. And, and look how well that defensive line performed in the past year. Right. Did, didn't hurt, too, that outside of like, a, a toe injury for T.J. Slayton, that was a healthy, yep. a healthy performance right. there. Uh, he first thing he did was an interview with the New England Patriots, so he is out talking. About, so now all these other guys. That's, I'm curious about that though, because I thought that Greg Williams did a pretty darn good job as a secondary coach, considering you know he came he when he when he accepted the job. It's like okay, I got Jair Alexander, I got Eric Stokes coming back, you know. Right. Maybe there'll be some guys oh, in the it, draft. It, it lined up on paper like it was just this fabulous group did, of first round draft choices and guys that were behind them. Nobody expected Valentine and Valentine to be the, the no. two key contributors. Exactly, exactly. And Keyshawn Nixon to work with right. as well. So, you know, I, I kept them in games for most of this season. But whatever, um, uh, that's what's going on in Green Bay right now. And I guarantee you, um, and, and there's always players that we'll see here. I, I imagine Aaron Jones is still going to be here because he's got some pretty top-level you know, advertising things that are going on. Aaron Jones is actually going to be, uh, I think he might even be available to us at some point Good. later this week so we got to track him down but we're Good. trying to pencil that in yeah, yeah 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 and you see younger players that just sort of pop up i was in new orleans one year and i turned around did a double take and it was casey hayward 
right. you know, the defensive back for the Packers. And it was just right after a good rookie season. But it was like uh, um, he wanted to just see what it looked like because those guys, they're thinking about already after football. They see it when they're young. Yeah. And they want to know what, what this is like. They all want to come here. I want to be Devontae Adams and yeah. not only get $150 million from the team, but make some Taco Bell money right. on the side. Right, exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Or J.J. Watt. I mean, J.J. Watt is... He is such a great spokesman. He was Verizon, now Subway, Chunky Soup. I mean, you can think of all the things that he's done in his career where he's the spokesman pitch And then things kind of go up and down. Yeah. Papa John's Pizza was a huge sponsor of the NFL. Yep. They had all kinds of problems at the top, you mm-hmm. know, and with the owner. But just a year or two before that, you could see him on a, on a stage with Peyton Manning and Joe Montana making pizzas and in Gronk. San Francisco. And Gronk. Gronk, I just found out, by the way, is going to be here on Friday with us. You're kidding me. No, we were told that uh, Gronk is uh, available to us. Uh, they just came over. His people came over. Uh, Bounty, uh, where they brought the wings. Bounty said, we'd like to bring Gronk over. So they're gonna That's try to outstanding. Get, they're going to try to get Gronk on with You know, us he Friday. does a pretty good job in the networks breaking down ga- uh, plays yeah. and games, too. Yeah. And, you know. I want to see him eat wings and wipe his hands. <laughs> That's it. You know, and, like, wipe, wipe your hands on your shirt. You know, that kind of thing. And just get... Gross and nasty, and yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, Tom Brady has said, don't let the whole Gronk thing, you know, trick you. Smart guy. Yeah. yeah. Understands football. You know, that's a little character that right. he plays. No, you know? I, I I agree. But, yeah, they came over, um, well, Grant and Erica, uh, which when we came back on, you saw Erica get up and leave because she's like, oh, my God, I'm eating on air. Right. So you could see her. So she went over to the table over there, and they're yeah. eating wings. Because uh, so, remember last year, Bounty came by. The marketing director for Bounty is from Madison. Oh, really? So she came over and found us specifically. The show. Remember last year? Because I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden, a guy yeah. comes up to me, and he says, do you care if I come on the program for a little bit? I looked up, and it's Emmett Smith and oh, his son. Yeah. Oh, and he had his, and he had his son. son here. And he sat down. He, I, I said, absolutely, yeah. you know, during a break. And I, I said, who are you here with? And he said, her and then a girl came over. She introduced herself and she went to UW Madison. Listened to me growing up as a kid and when I was doing stuff with Brian Noble and everything. Yeah. The post game show and we're trying to get Brian out because Brian lives here. Yeah, that's great. We're trying to get Brian over. Former Packer, yeah. uh, a linebacker, and and uh, Bill and Brian did a great post game show for years uh, on yeah. the Packers radio. I'd Network love to get Brian then. over here and just kind of kind of BS the memories. But she she brought him over and she said, "Well, we wanted to bring him over to you first. So we had the first crack at him. So this year she's got more that are here with her, and Gronk is one of them. And she said, Can, "Do you care if we bring Gronk over?" I'm like, "Let me mull it over and I'll let you know." Scott and Farrell we took all of about eight seconds, and we said yes. Scott Farrell is a national talk show sports talk host who's got that big gravelly voice, but he's really cool and he's he's really good and for people do, that do like to bet on the games and all like that. And I know that he's a longtime friend of yeah. yours. I just saw him over there at the. Is at he over there? Too. Okay, because he wasn't here early this yeah. morning. So. so I know that he's going to want to come over and say hi to you. You know what he said to me? He texted me. I can't give you the technical term that he yeah. calls Kristen, but he said, "Are they there yet?" <laughs> That's what he asked me. Are they there yet? And I said, "We just landed." He said, "Okay, cool. I'll, I'll talk to him later." I said, "Okay, great. Thank you very much." So, uh, football game. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I wanted to get into this before we went to break. What a great time last night. Sitting in the seats that Jerry Lewis sat in, sitting in the seats that Jerry Tarkanian and Dick Vitale. And this place was from the 60s. This is where all the stars eat. Yeah. At some point or another, all the stars have been into this Just place. by chance, I was here for a radio convention, and this was like going back 20 years ago. 
And uh, instead of like eating it, you know, the Venetian or this, that, I just kind of wanted something off, off the strip, right? right? And we went for a drive, and we turned the corner, and we're kind of out on the outskirts of town. It was desert, and here's this little Italian place with valet parking. Right. And I think, well, this, this looks kind of good. Yeah. And then we go in, and it was about, you know, halfway full. And over in the corner, I do a double take. There's Jerry Tarkanian, mm-hmm. the longtime head basketball coach of UNLV. And at that time, that was the only sports thing going on in this town. Right. They didn't have the nice the hockey team. They didn't obviously have the Raiders. They didn't have the A's coming. That was that was the guy. Right. And there he was, you know, party one, having some Italian. And I said to my buddy, we're going to eat here. Get, let's get a table. We're gonna, and we had Alaskan crab, and we had pasta, and, and it was and great service. And right. Fantastic. I came back a few years later, uh, brought my wife there, and, and then it had been about 10, 15 years since I come back to Vegas. I, I don't bet on games. I don't. Right. That's a long story. Um, so last fall, I'm in town, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if that place is still around. And I was all set to have my heart broken that they didn't make it through COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just in San Francisco. There's a bunch of places that were open since the 1940s down on the wharf. You know, when Joe DiMaggio had his place? Right. They're all gone. They're empty. They never came back, you know, from the pandemic. So you see things like that when you're on the road. And here I find last fall, Piro's alive and well and doing great. But I didn't know all that stuff until we got in there last night. When the captain came over to your table. Right. By the way, I'll, I forgot to tell you this. They knew who you were coming. Who did? All those people at that restaurant. That's why that one guy, Jason, the, the, the main waiter, yeah. asked Erica, so where are you guys from? Huh? You here for football? Oh, yeah. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was baiting me. What he was doing is he was trying to uh, 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 to secure to to, to to confirm that you were who you were. Oh, okay. Yeah, I might have slipped him not. <laughs> I we were low key last night, but he did. It was an it was an email. We had a little email exchange back. And we forth. had three wonderful bottles of wine. We had incredible. Thank food. you for that. That was and that was that. Top the night that and I just you know and I, I said uh, you know we had some really good wine uh, the cab was fantastic but we just sat down and we started reminiscing and watching the Grammys and yeah in the table next to us and then uh, and then the know, guy the guy comes and, he goes, and Frenchy he says do you, do you know where you're sitting yeah and then we look at the what's sitting behind you yeah. and there's a little photo an old fashioned print like from the nineties yeah. that's Jerry Lewis right. Jerry, we were, this was his booth. He gave us Jerry Lewis's table last night, yeah. So then it goes on and on who the regulars have been over the years in this place. Like, that's what I was looking for. Right. That's what I was, So even though I'd been there four or five times, yep. you know, I just I thought it had a feel of, you know, the Goodfellas kind of era. Right. Well, they said oh, they, yeah. they shot a scene with Sharon Stone and Casino in yeah, there. Yeah, right next with to De where Niro we sat. You, yeah, with De Niro and Sharon Stone in them. Right next to where we sat, the booth next to us yeah, it's, was it's an where they shot, scene. they shot the scene. Yeah. 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 It was a historic place. It was great. It was so much fun. Piro's. Yeah, Piro's. Piro's. And so you come back 20 years later, and instead of being this little Italian place out at the edge of town, like in the desert, the Las Vegas Convention Center is now right, across right? the street. Yeah, what, it, the annex. huge monster facility. That's just the way this town is, man. And that place is not big enough to hold this. That's the most amazing thing. Really? That place, they said, because it's divided, yeah. is not big enough to hold all of it under one roof. Oh. 
that's why when people say to us, why can't you hold a Super Bowl in Green Bay? Why can't you put it where, like, the birthplace of football, so yeah. to speak? Why can't you not put right. it here? And it's you, you, and Grant was saying that today. Grant said, you can't imagine the enormity of this thing until you walk it. And when you have to walk 300 yards plus just to get through security mm-hmm. to get into the media center and then track a back around, and, and then and that's just a media center. The whole NFL experience is three times as big as the area we are in right I, now. I walked in this morning with Mike Golick. Did you really? Yeah. And he, he was, you know, like, come on. You know, like, and and because the people from Vegas that didn't recognize him, and was like, you know, come on, come right? On, you know, can we can we move this along? Come right, on, come on. And he was being he wasn't being rude, but it, you just he looks at him and then you smile like, right? Really? Yeah. I mean, this is golic, yeah. man. No, I get it. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Final segment of day one. Out here at the uh, convention center, the Mandalay Bay Convention Center and the media center for Super Bowl. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, Wayne, shopping for a new door? I sure am. This fiberglass door is really strong. We love ours. Do you need something more dependable? Yes, something that's durable, dent resistant, knows how to take a hit, and is going to last for years. We're still talking about the door, right? Uh, oh, yeah, right. Of course. Wayne Larrabee and Jeff Levering shopping together at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin? What could happen next? How about 0% interest for up to three years? Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months? I'm Gina Della from Pella. This incredible offer from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin is only available until February 29th. So hurry! We offer a wide range of window and door styles to perfectly match your home's unique design. Start customizing today with 0% interest for up to three years. Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months. Only at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details on lines 229 Welcome back to the program. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We are live. We're at the convention center. Grant Bills feverishly typing away. Mike Clemens. As the end of the day hits, we've got uh, wings on the table. we got Doritos on the table. Mike brings over some Pepsi, some Starry. We've got water. We've got uh, some of the bounty stuff. We got celery. We're good. This fun is- fact. Fun fact for Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Yes. You know the big thing is can the Chiefs repeat? Right. Do you know how long it's been since the team actually repeated back to back championships? The last team to repeat was the Patriots, right? Yes, it's a game that I covered. You know, for our former station. Right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was in grade school. So. It's like two thousand and five. Yes. Exactly. It was in Jacksonville. Okay. I think that would have been 30. Which was in Jacksonville was a forgettable <laughs> forgettable Super Bowl. Well, everybody says that. Well, you know. It wasn't a great venue and place. Because remember they had the cruise ships there that people were staying on? Were oh, no, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? They yeah. didn't have enough hotel rooms. They were bringing cruise oh, ships up the coast. Cruise yeah. Ships, yeah. They were putting people in cruise I ships. I forgot about that yeah. part. No, I bet I was there. I had you know, a good place to stay down by the beach. And uh, I like the, the media center that they had down there. Yeah. But, no, that's the game where you got Terrell Owens and he's got screws in his ankles yeah. trying to get, get on the field. 
was able to make a couple of catches, but, you know, he had Donovan McNabb throw to Freddie Mitchell. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. Patriots held on to win 24-21, beating Andy Reid with the Eagles back there. And, and that's about the only time I remember Andy ever took the Eagles. That was to, the only time he ever to took them to the Super Bowl, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. What do you got coming up today on your show, Grant? Well, I got Eric Eager. Uh, and I honestly, he's been doing hits all day. I love Eric. I just kind of want to ask him. It's like, do you ever get sick of doing this? What's the most dumbass question that's well, ever been asked? I want to ask him that, but I also don't want to put him in the situation where he has to put someone on blast. He can just say, I was asked this a little while ago. Like, well, what's know? the thing you got to ask today about? And you're like, really? So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Um, and Thomas Dimitrov too. I'm going to get him back to back. Thomas the former the, Falcons. Yeah. GM? Yep. Thomas oh. is a great guy. He's yeah. now, he now owns Sumer Sports. He's right there. Yeah. He's right behind us. Oh. Yeah. yeah he's oh, there doing he is. stuff with those yeah. uh, those Boston fellas from NBC Sports Boston. Yeah. So he works with with Tom, the, the longtime uh, uh, Patriots uh, yeah. reporter too. How about that? There we go. Well, yeah. I mean, you got listen. He was there when Lafleur was the quarterback coach, and Matt Ryan had mm-hmm. his MVP season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he loves talking about that fourth quarter. Two things about this program: one, it was fast start to the day, and we had to, Eric was great, and obviously uh, Matthew was great, and and you know what uh, what Maggie did was fantastic on the program. The other thing is, is I have discovered that it's about four hours to five hours is about all I can hold my bladder. So oh, we sign yeah, off yeah. over there where the the Pat McAfee show is. I'm getting out of stopwatch. If I don't uh, leave a trail from here to there, it will be an absolute... If you don't hear Herb clean up an aisle seven, then you know I made it. That, that's going to be the extent of it. Understood. So, there you go. Hey, uh, got to say hi to our buddy Chris Kluke from ABC Audio Video. I know he's watching and listening right now. He was texting me. To everybody, day one in the books, thanks so much for being here. We certainly appreciate it. Time for us to go. Have a good one. Hey.